All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 33. Seems like we're preaching a lot from Psalms, but I want to tell you something. Psalms is one of the most comforting books in the Bible, and it's to be sung. And so we could sing Psalms 33, but we'll read it. And I appreciate all of you that's here. Seems like it's a little more comfortable setting than it was Sunday morning. I was really um, in a little shock, I guess. I just said, you know, everybody looks sick. And, and I feel sick. And, and I said, this is a sick situation around here. And, and, uh, but we got through it. And I hope the message was not as bad as I thought it was. The devil jumped me right after I left the, the service. And he does that sometimes. But I don't listen to him after 46 years um, of preaching. But uh, we just thank God for the meeting. Thank God we meet tonight. Uh, I wasn't going to meet, but I know we're not going to meet Sunday night because I wanted to... Uh, we can't get the uh, church sanitized. I appreciate Brother Vinny and, and uh, Sister Tria and the good work they do to extra clean. And we've had work all day, painting, and the uh, outside of the building, probably nobody would notice it, but God noticed it. And several people go back there and notice it, and it sure is looking a lot better. And there's been people working all day today, and I appreciate that so much. Also, I want you to turn to Lamentations chapter 3. In verse 22 through th 23, Lamentations, that's right after uh, uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, so you can find Jeremiah, just turn to the right, and you'll find Lamentations. But I want to say this, Sunday morning is Mother's Day. <clears throat> now, we can counsel Father's Day, but we don't touch Mother's Day around here, amen? We're still going to have Mother's Day. And I want you to bring your mom, and uh, I'll try to set up some uh, special things for the moms. Uh, probably a lot of it will be online. But it'd be great to have your family together here Sunday morning <clears throat> and celebrate uh, the goodness of God through your mom. You know, a mother is the atmosphere of the home. <clears throat> she sets the spirit, little s, of the home. And uh, we appreciate a lot of moms here tonight and all these little babies. Uh, and I know that you miss the nursery more than you ever have. Amen. But don't worry about your babies if they want to uh, talk shout or <clears throat> pout, uh, it'll be all right. <clears throat> we do have a crying hall right up there. If they start crying real loud, start walking them down that hall and, or let them stay in here and I'll put them to sleep. But uh, Lamentations chapter 3. <clears throat> everybody there? Let's stand on the Word of God. Everybody stand, amen. <clears throat> we got room to stand around here now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Not literally, Grant. I don't really have a frog in my throat. Look at verse 22. He says, he looked up here like, well. <clears throat> it says, it is the Lord's mercies. Now listen, that we are not consumed. Can y'all just say amen right there? It's the Lord's mercy. By the way, when you wear your mask, I want you to either put a smiley face on it or a frown. I want to know what you're doing. Amen. I can't tell behind those masks what you're thinking. So if you put a smile on it, I'll know you're smiling. If you put a frown, I'll know you're frowning. But anyway, it's a blessing we're not consumed. Look at this. Because his compassion fell not. They are new every morning. And then read this with me. Great is thy faithfulness. Say it again, class. Great is thy faithfulness. And you ought to praise God for that. You may be seated. I'll preach through Psalms 33 uh, with those verses in mind. Father, use the message. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to preach again on Wednesday night. It seems like it's been a lifetime. I know it's been a month, maybe two months, since we met on Wednesday night. 
uh, Lord, I believe it was March 18th. Uh, no, it was before that. Lord, March 12th, I believe, is the last Wednesday night service we had together. Lord, it just thrills my heart that we're together again. And God, it's um, wonderful to be in the house of God and encourage one another. Thank you for those that's watching by way of internet. And I appreciate them so much. And I pray to your God they'll back this service up just like they're here. And they are. Lord, because they want to be here, but they just can't be here. And so, Lord, bless them also. And bless this message to our hearts, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Psalms 33 is a psalm that starts out with one word. <clears throat> and I want you to circle it, underline it, and highlight it. If you got all three of those pins, it says rejoice. Rejoice. And how do we rejoice? In the Lord. And then he goes on, and you'll back up to chapter 32. You'll see in verse 11, it says, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. There ain't no joy in sin. There ain't no joy in not being right with God. There ain't no joy in being out of the will of God. There's no joy at all. You can try it all you want to, but... Folks, I want to tell you something. Sometimes our faith shows our heart. And we need to have the joy of the Lord even in these times. Look at this verse. It says, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise is comely for the upright. And this a little introduction in verse 2 and 3. It says, Praise the Lord with harp. I don't know what the Church of Christ does with this Sing with him with the Pasadri, just like Brother Alex just sung that beautiful song. And an instrument of ten strings. And then here it is. <clears throat> and I can't wait till our choir gets back and, the, and uh, we get, well, they're back. We just need to sing. It says, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Now, folks, there ought to be some enthusiasm <clears throat> about your praise. And I'm not talking about building up anything or working up anything because some people wouldn't uh, shout if you stuck them with a long hat pin. But, uh, and I'm not saying you have to shout. A lot of people shout on credit. They don't walk what they shout. But I believe that we ought to at least be excited about the things God's doing in our lives. And here is one thing that I want you to see. Number one, we should rejoice in his word. We should rejoice in his word. Look at verse 4 through 9. It says, for the word of the Lord is right. Can somebody say amen to that? The, <clears throat> the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. Psalms 33 now, you with me? It says, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Think about that. And all the host of them. By breath of his mouth, he gathered the waters. This is powerful verses. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in the storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand, and here it is, in awe of him. Have you lost your awe? Look at this. It says, for ye he spake. I want you to look at that. You got your Bible now? Everybody ought to have your Bible on Wednesday night. It says, for he spake, and it was done. He commanded, 
and it stood fast. I want you to see in verses 4 through 9, number one thing that we ought to rejoice, and the number one thing we ought to pray for as a country is that we get back to the authority of the Word of God. I'm telling you, man has no authority except authority based on the Word of God. Our nation was established with this authority. One nation under God. Under God. God help our nation. We used to be dependent. Now we're independent of God. And so this does not shock me that there's judgment upon the whole world through something man cannot handle. The Bible tells us, number one, that the word is precious. Wasn't that a great message last night? We're going to play Monday night, Brother Reed's last message here. One month before he died, he sat in a wheelchair right here. Really not a wheelchair, it's a mobile chair. He, he really liked that thing. And uh, he preached one of the greatest messages on patience that I've ever heard in my life. I wanted to play it tonight, but I just felt like we needed to get back on track. I do. Whether you need to be here or not, I need to be here. And I need you to be here uh, that are here, and it's encouraging. But I'm just saying, the word is precious. The Bible says in verse um, 4, for the word, the, Lord, the word of the Lord is right. Right. That word means correct. It means straight. It means upright. Look at verse 5. He loveth righteousness <clears throat> and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now, folks, God will bless those that honor his word. Say amen. But he'll also, now listen, he'll also judge those that abandon his word. He'll judge those. Forgot my water, I'm sorry. He'll judge those that abandon his word. We as a nation have abandoned his word. If you don't believe it, nowhere in the Bible does the Bible say that men should be with men, that women should be with women. He calls it abomination. That means it makes him sick. And boy, I'm going to tell you something. You want to get somebody riled up and hit the streets and get all dogmatic. And I'm not talking about those people in Michigan that want to go back to work that's bombarding the courthouse. I'm talking about if you want to get somebody riled up, you just touch these queers, these gays, these homosexuals, and tell them they can't have their lifestyle. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We ain't telling them they can't have their lifestyle. God is. God calls it abomination. And folks, we as a country need to repent. And then listen, here is an awful thing. That we as a creation of God say, Lord, uh, I don't like how you made me. I want to be a girl. I like pink. I like lace. And I want to be a girl. And we shake our fist at God and let some surgeon mutilate our body. Mutilate our body. And we become another uh, sex. We become another gender. Folks, that's abomination. And I want to tell you something. We have accepted that as a norm. You've got to be kidding. The platform of one party pushes that kind of stuff. You've got to be kidding that we think we can have revival and that we can be blessed. Verse 12 says, blessed is the nations whose God is Lord. Folks, we need revival because we have went away from the precepts 
and the boundaries and the protection of thus saith the Lord. Thus saith God. Folks, God is our authority through his word. And the church is a pillar and grounds of truth. Truth. We stand upon truth. I heard a preacher the other day, <clears throat> and somebody sent it to me, a black preacher, bishop somebody, and he was talking about the church has stopped being essential many years ago. And I thought it was a good truth, but I want to tell you something. The church is essential, but I want to tell you why the church is essential, because the word is essential. Folks, this word is essential. Uh, folks, uh, peace is not essential. Having our hair done is not essential. My wife cut my hair today. It don't look good. And uh, <clears throat> it, took all, it, took, it took two minutes, two minutes. Praise God, it was wonderful. <clears throat> And she said, I'm not getting in the habit of this. Henry's going to do it next time. I said, okay, fine. Praise God. Because I wouldn't sit still. But I want to tell you something. It, it, the, the beauty parlor is not essential. The massage parlor is not essential. I don't even think uh, some of the things that they count as essential. Liquor stores are not essential. Amen? Now, to an alcoholic it is. To a, a person on, a, on the verge of a nervous breakdown it is. To a guy that can't cope with reality, it's essential to him. But I want to tell you something, it's not essential to God. It's sin. It's sin. And so, folks, we have a nation that has flip-flopped all kinds of standards, all kinds of convictions. And I want to tell you something, we're, we're, we're the minority around here, too. Most churches have dropped their, con, their uh, convictions, and they're having a party, and they got, the, they got the world's standards to bring in the world. Now, folks, God didn't call us to be like the world. God called us to be like Him. And folks, the only way we can be like Him is be full of the Word and full of the Spirit. Can somebody say amen? We need revival back to God, a revolution back to God of a revelation of who God is. And there's no greater revelation than this Bible. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you're trying to get a revelation of God, and our theme is a greater vision of God in 2020, a great, I didn't know this was going to happen when we picked that thing. And folks, if we're not getting a greater vision of who God is, something's wrong with all of us. Because I'm telling you this, and I'm going to tell you straight, God will bless a nation whose God is Lord. And that means, and His Word is authority. And His Word is righteous. As a nation, we need to acknowledge that God's Word is truth. Put it down. As a nation, we need to acknowledge that God's word is the truth. And so number one, the word is precious. There's no, there's no word like this. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's preserved. There's no book like this book. Number two, his word is powerful. Look at verse six. But the word of the Lord, but the word of the Lord were the, were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He spoke you into existence. He spoke these mountains into existence. He spoke this water into existence. Amen. And all the water. You ever been on an ocean liner? It's a wonderful experience. Not now. You couldn't pay me to get on one. Amen. I want to be where I can escape. But I want to tell you this, friend. The word is powerful. Visible and invisible things God rules over. From the biggest to the smallest virus to the largest 
person or largest accomplishment. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, turn back there please, because this is what this psalm is referring to, Genesis 1. It says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and folks, he said that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. Folks, we have day and night because of God. Some people don't know the difference in day and night. But I want to tell you something, friend. In Genesis 1, God keeps speaking, and as he speaks, great things start appearing. You started appearing, amen? Your great-great-grandparents appeared, Adam and Eve. Not Sambo and Bobo down at the zoo either. Uh, his, 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 his word is so very powerful. In Genesis 1, he spoke and it existed. It came to being. It didn't evolve thousands and millions of years. He spoke it into existence. And folks, if his word was powerful then, his word's powerful now. Amen. I'll amen myself. I'm echoing. I might as well amen. Folks, our actions and our attitude will be judged according to the word. The word of God is filled with power and glory and hope. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the only thing that can get below the surface of your little life. Because we all got facades and we all have Mast. Some's got smiles on them. Some's got frowns on them. Brother Steve Gregory said he about passed out listening to me preach. I said, was it that bad? He says, no. My, when I breathed in, my mask sucked in. When I breathed out, the mask puffed out. I said, well, praise God you was trying. And you did a great job Sunday night preaching. Our actions and attitudes will be judged. I want you to turn to Psalms 119 and verse 89, please. I'm going to try to keep this brief since the we have no nursery and some of you mothers, but I think you need a break, so just, 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 just enjoy this. Amen. Praise God. We'll enjoy it with you. Psalms 119.89. Psalms 119.89. Boy, it's good to see you. It says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Amen. These people have to have a version every five days and have to have a perversion every year. And have to make more money by trying to find an error. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the man of God is truly furnished with the Word of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'd have no authority as your pastor for 42 years except for the Word of God. But when I preach the Word of God, it's authority. And I think I ought to preach it with an explanation point and a little emphasis, and a little enthusiasm, and folks, praise God, believe every bit of it, and expect you to, to uh, believe it, and expect me to obey it, and expect you to obey it. Say amen. Isaiah 55, verse 11. I love this verse. Would you turn with me, please? This is Bible study night, isn't it? I love Wednesday night. I love Wednesday night. It's just wonderful, because it's, it's the Word of God in prayer. Word and God in prayer. The Bible says in Psalms 55, verse 11, Oh, we ought to memorize this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. He spoke it, it exists. It says, the mountains and the hills shall break forth, excuse me. It says, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I have pleased, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. I want to tell you what he sent the word to do. Redeem the laws. Convict the laws. Hey, folks, and sanctify the saved. Folks, we got a word. We have the Bible. It's a milk. It's a mold. It's the image of God. 
Thank God it's a map of how we ought to live the Christian life. Folks, the Word of God's precious. Aren't you glad you can come and hear the Word of God? And I'm going to tell you what we need. We need a nation that acknowledges and praise God as their creator and their sustainer. Look at verse 6. Back in our text real quick. Psalms, verse 33, okay? I usually at least mark my text. I'm sorry. Here it is. Look at this. Verse 8. Excuse me. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of, their, of them by the breath of mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea and he layeth up the depths in the storehouse. Storehouse inclines that it's a substance. It's a sustaining. God created you. God sustains you. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be alive today. God has chose you to have another breath. So you might as well smile and enjoy it. Amen? Don't get depressed. Don't get upset. Don't get stressed out over this. I mean, it is stressful, but praise God. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. Hey, folks, enjoy a good movie. Praise God. Amen? It's a, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Say amen. Come on. Loosen up a little bit. Enjoy life. Smile by faith. Hallelujah. That's a lot of times how I got to smile. But I won't tell you why I can smile. I know God and I know his word will not let me down. And folks, we need a nation that acknowledges and acknowledges and praises him and rejoices in him as creator and sustainer and thank God more personal savior. How many saved say amen? It's good amen. Everybody but one person, amen. That's good. What's wrong with you? But anyway, we ought to pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, listen. As a nation, we need to fear God. Look at verse 8. It says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. What a great missionary call that verse is. Let all the earth fear him. You know what fear means? Respect. And how can they respect if they've never heard of him? How can they respect if they've never got a copy of the word of God? You say, these missionaries are crazy going back to China. No, they're not crazy. They know that the world is going to hell by the acre. And that we need to reach them. And listen to this now. Look at verse 9. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Folks, there's two key words in verse 8 that I love that we need to get back. And I'm praying. I'm, I got two messages I'm preaching at one time. I guess y'all can tell. But we need to pray for a nation that fears God. You know, I, I, I don't know if y'all remember this or not. Brother Randy does because he's older than I am. No, not really. Um, there used to be a day where nothing would open on Sunday. I don't remember that day. That was before my time. It wasn't? Okay, I just forgot that day. My wife shaking hand. No, you was there. Amen. Praise God. You was there. So anyway, they respected God enough to shut the whole town down. You do that now and you got a catastrophe. But I want to say this, friend, they respected one day, God's day. And revivals broke out. Finney and others would go to Denver and places like that, and they'd shut the whole town down for his revival. That's history. That's history. But now we got a history of, 
I'm not shutting anything down, including Little League, AAU, all kinds of junk going on the Lord's Day. And I'm going to tell you something, there's going to be a judgment upon people that desecrate God's day. You can call it fun, you can call it recreation, you can call it uh, shopping, but I want to tell you something, God deserves respect. Amen. God deserves respect when you walk in this place. You ought to look different, act different. You ought to realize it's God's house. It's not a ball park. Amen. Now we got a day and age where people are leading music in churches with slits in their blue jeans. And the blue jeans are so tight they're about to, they're about to pop out of them. And that's supposed to be worship? You can have that. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I believe when you come to the house of God, you ought to put on your best overalls. You ought to put on your best shirt. You ought to even take a bath on Saturday night. Praise God. Amen. I mean, glad of that. Amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. We live in a day now where nothing's respected. There's no holy things when it comes to God. We want to be colloquial. We want to be contemporary. We want to be casual. It's all right. As long as you and your heart are not casual towards His Word and towards God. And I think it's the worst catastrophe in the world is when we start diluting and polluting the Word of God and saying what man wants to say. So folks, listen, we ought to rejoice in His Word. We need a nation that fears God. We need a nation that acknowledges He is Creator. And second of all, we should rejoice in His will. We ought to rejoice in His will. Now you're going to like what I say next, but I'm going to say it anyway. In verse 10, the Bible says, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Folks, I want to tell you something. Number one, his will's dominant. We might seem that the world's out of control right now, but I want to tell you something. God's not. And we need to not fear and be afraid and be fearful and panic and pout because God is still on the throne. I want you to look at Psalms 115.3. Psalms 115.3. My time's up, but i got to finish this thought. Psalms 115.3. Where is it? Right after 114. Look at 115.3. The Bible says this, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Did you hear that? God is still on the throne, and he's done. He's allowed. He sent what he pleased. And folks, we don't understand all that we're going through, but I'm going to tell you one thing. You might want to fall apart, but God's not falling apart. He has a plan he has a will, and it's dominant. And then number two, it's determined. Verse 11 says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart are to all generations. Folks, everything that occurs in this world is part of God's plan. Amen. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 46 about this pandemic. Isaiah chapter 46. I'm going to give you something that helped me today. Isaiah 46 I want you to look at these verses now. I want you to think about it. Selah. I want you to meditate on it. Digest it. Isaiah 46, verse 9. You with me? Amen. Isaiah 46, verse 9. The Bible says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. 
Look at verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. He can go to the future and look back. Listen to this now. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I want you to look at verse 11. Calling a ravenous birds from the east of the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. Folks, I want to tell you something. God's will is determined. And all things work together for the good of them that love God and called according to His purpose. And we're predestined and foreordained to be like Him after we're saved. And God will do whatever it takes to get your attention. And I want to cry out with a question tonight. America, has God got your attention? What will it take? What will it take? Folks, I believe God has been shoved out of the classroom, the courtroom. He's even been shoved out of a lot of churches. His word's been perverted, twisted, and rinsed. His name has been slaughtered by men that think they're something when they're nothing without it. Ungodliness and the country that he allowed to be created, Great Britain and America, of course Israel, has sh shaken their fist at God. And you're shocked at God saying, I ain't going to take it anymore. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. Are you shocked that the world's reeling in their ineptness and their insecurity? Because for years and years and years and decades and decades and even centuries, man has shook their fist at God and said, God, you're expendable, but I'm not. I'm my own God. And take that, God. And now, and now, he's saying, who's God? Whose authority? And I believe he's bringing some people to their knees. And if they, and if I'll tell you this, if we do not come as a nation and crown him as Lord, then it'll be judgment. It'll be judgment. Let me close by saying his will is dominant, his will is determined, but thank God his will is desirable. Look at verse 12. How many are glad you're in the will of God tonight? Say amen. It's wonderful. Verse 12 of Psalms 33. The Bible says, and this is why I came to this psalm. The Lord hope led me here. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And the Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of man. From the place of inhabitants, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Folks, we ought to get God's face towards us. And we need to stop turning our face, and we need to turn our face back to God. We need to look into His wonderful face, but His almighty face. And folks, we need to stop losing face and stop losing uh, the vision of who God is. What a wonderful theme, 2020, perfect vision of God. And folks, I did not know that God was going to do something to shake the whole world up to say, now, who's God? Who's Lord? 
The folks, nations that honor God, according to this verse now, blesses the nation whose God is Lord. A nation who honors God. That Break it down now. A family that honors God. Let's break it down. A church that honors God. Let's put it in a more personal way. A heart that honors God as Lord is blessed. Blessed. A nation that honors God. America and Great Britain, both of these nations, were ruled by a series of leaders, series of men, presidents, prime ministers, leaders, kings, queens. While not perfect, at least they acknowledged God and declared their dependence upon Him. Look at our Constitution once, once in a while. The whole thing's about God. He's our Creator. Now they're trying to say it's outlandish and outlawed. They're really trying to rewrite our Constitution. That's sad, isn't it? But folks, I want to tell you something. But both the nations, Great Britain and America, have declared their independence in the last years from God. You know, we can see the results. Folks, there's never been a more wicked two nations. And in England, every church that used to stand for God is vacant. Empty. I mean, it's a shamble. The church that thousands listened to Spurgeon run about 30 people on Sunday night. The great Spurgeon Tabernacle. And so, folks, let me just close by saying this. In essence, we as a nation have abandoned God. And God is saying, you really need me. And I really love you. And my will is so desirable. I want to bless you. I'll just read the rest of the chapter. But I want you to see, uh, number three, that we should rejoice in his watching. Not in His Word and His will, but we need to rejoice in His watching. Look at verse 13, Psalms 33. The Bible says this, The Lord looketh from heaven and beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of His habitation, He looketh upon all the inhabitants there. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considered all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. No matter how many people think that they got the solution to this problem, they don't. No one does. Only God can stay this virus. Only God can heal our nation. Only God can stay his judgment. If he wants to wipe out this whole nation, he has a right to. But look at this. We ought to pray for mercy. Look at verse 15. He fashions their hearts alike he considers all their works. Folks, he knows Every need, his watching is absolute. He knows every thought, Psalms 139. He knew you in the womb. That's why the Bible says that life begins at conception. He knew you when you was in the embryonic state. He knew you in the substance of your womb, in the womb. He knows every motive, Jeremiah 17, 10. He hears every idle word, Matthew chapter 12. Then he's, his watching is aware. God watches the heathen, and he makes their plans to rule this world but I want to tell you what he says here. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. Real quick, real quick, verse 17. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall you deliver any by his great strength. Don't ever boast in this country's resources because God can shut them down in one day. 
Oh, we're strong. We're rich. We have it all. We got the greatest economy in 10 years. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God can stop that economy just like that. God can stop our plans, and God can stop our strength, and God can stop our leaders if they do not acknowledge Him. We need to pray tomorrow on the National Day of Prayer that God will be Lord of our nation once again. But He watches with affection. Look at verse 18 and 19. We'll go. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, respect Him, honor Him, reverence Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. Most people are not hoping in his mercy. They're hoping for a plan. They're hoping in a man. But look at this in verse 19. To deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. We're in a famine. And God's going to keep us alive if we'll put him first and crown him as Lord of our life. And then look at verse 20. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. In God we trust. Look at verse 22. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Friend of mine, nation of America, our only hope, our only hope is God. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We need to pray for his word, his will, and his watching to continue over our life. And we need to repent. We need to crown him as Lord. I want to read our text one more time. Verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter. I didn't do it justice, but... I got to read it, so I thank God for this chapter. Chapter 33 of Psalms. Lord, our nation needs to acknowledge God's word is truth. Our nation needs to acknowledge God, you're the creator, you're the sustainer. Our nation needs to fear God once again. Oh, respect God. I thank God for our heritage. I thank God for our leaders like John Quincy Adams that said the first and foremost and the only book deserving of universal attention is the Bible. I thank God for leadership like that. And now, dear God, your name is taken in vain and nobody will even want to mention your name and much less pray in Jesus' name publicly. God, you're to be consulted. You're to be sought after. And God, the results of that is you will bless us. You will bless us. And Lord, I pray that it start in us that we'd crown you as Lord of everything in our lives. That we'd stop trying to be our own Lord. That we'd stop letting money be our Lord. We'd stop letting somebody else be our Lord. And God, we'd crown you as Lord. And we'd have total dependency, total submission, and total trust and fear in thee. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I believe that's the message tonight. On the eve of National Day of Prayer, I believe the message is this. We need to rejoice in His Word. We need to rejoice in His will. We need to rejoice in His watching. We need to repent of how far we have drifted from God as a nation, as a family, as a church as individuals.
Let me say, preacher, I need to pray for revival in my own personal life. I need to pray for revival in my family's life. I need to pray for revival in my children's life and my mate's life. I need to pray for revival for our government and for, and for our nation and for our leadership. I just need to be a part of the revival. And I want to trust God for revival. I don't want to beg God for mercy. I want to beg God for his grace and his countenance to look upon us and bless us. And so that's my prayer tonight. I want to pray for, with you for revival. I want to raise my hand that we need revival. We need revival. My heart needs revival. I'm not careful. I'll be cold and get through the motions and I'll come out of this pandemic cold and, 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 and callous instead of on fire for God and fervent for Him. Father, in Jesus' name, use this message, use this chapter. Help us, dear Lord, to crown you as Lord of our life. God, may we learn to fear you. May we dread to displease you. May we, Lord, crown you of every priority, every person in our life, everything that comes in the way that we would just, Lord, crown you as Lord of our life, no matter what, that we would be as... Uh, the, the missionaries of old and the great patriotics of old, we'd, we'd lay our life down as we followed you and led others to Jesus. God help us. We pray for revival for America. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.